Welcome back to another episode of the Get Thinking Podcast. I'm your host, Chris McGee, and today I've got, a, I've got another great guest on. I'm actually pretty glad of this whole pandemic going on at the minute because I've been able to upload a podcast and an interview almost daily, which is something that I've wanted to do from the start. And today I've got Patty Joe Black, who is the owner of what are one of the owners of Hybrid Fitness in Belfast, and he also owns Elite PA Fitness. Podcast is about to begin. Hi, this is Chris McGee, and you are listening to the Get Thinking Podcast. Hi, Joe. It's been a while. Thank you very much for coming on. No worries, bro. When was the last time we spoke? It must have been, as far as I remember, it was in a bar about a year and a half ago. Yeah, it was probably just bumping into each other in the town uh, lately. That's pretty much my life is just up, work, home. That, that's it. Nothing really else in between. I know. It's felt like even now, rarely, rarely would I go out. Um, a few drinks last Saturday night to sort of celebrate self-isolation and then I was out. Um, I couldn't tell you the last time. But um, yeah, like I say, thanks for coming on. Um, why don't you start basically take the floor for four or five minutes, tell us who you are, what you're all about, uh, your business, yourself, and what you enjoy. Uh, so my name's uh, PJ Black, uh, known as Patrick, but essentially what I do is I own a couple of businesses. Um, I run a gym in Belfast Centre, I run an online mentoring program for uh, personal trainers who are qualified teaching them how to run a business and then I also run a fitness providing company where I train people to become personal trainers so uh, three businesses I've been doing that for the last or running the gym anyway for the last 10 years Uh, big into fitness have always been um, in the round sport decided when I went to university that I was going to do business and decided after two years that it wasn't for me and uh, decided to start a gym with a friend and it's been going ever since so every it's been usually every two and a half to three years that we've expanded from 250 square foot box room to a 2,500, you know, three floor unit to now a 5,200 square foot uh, open plan unit. And yeah, it just keeps continuing to get bigger and bigger. So uh, yeah, that's me in a nutshell. My life is my work. Um, you know, I don't, I don't socialize a lot anymore unless it's with, you know, my, uh, you know, my staff or even just, um, you know, my clients, which can seem a bit sad, but like when you love what you do, it makes it 10 times easier, you know. I was just about to say that because when, you know, when you start integrating work with personal life, people ask me why I work so much and say, to be honest, like I would consider this work because this is obviously, you know, talking with brand building and doing that sort of stuff. I enjoy it. Like I, I don't enjoy some, some aspects of it, which I've now delegated to other people. But the things that I do enjoy doing and the things that I do every day. And when you can integrate that with your personal life, you know, your, your fitness and your health and then obviously your work as well and whatever you're doing, it's you, you do get up and you have a lot more energy to get up early and get get, get to go to work, get to meet good people. And just just basically like sixteen hour days just don't feel like work at all. Yeah, especially when you're getting a reward, like the running a business and an entrepreneurial sort of lifestyle type thing, it's not for everybody. You know, we constantly, myself and, and Lenny put on, you know, these little infographics of what it feels like to be a business owner. You know, one minute you're on top of the world, you're fucking, you know, you're going to make 
all sorts of money. You're helping so many people. Next day, you're nearly ready to close and you're, you're tearing your heart out. And we, we sat down with our staff, I think about a year ago, and um, we just we were talking to them openly. And we keep, like, we wouldn't share a lot with the staff in terms of, like, what's going on with the gym. And uh, we actually turned around and said, everything that we faced in the last 10 years has, you know, strengthened us. It's built resolve, resilience to take on any task that will come at us. You know, my partner always go to me, why, why, does, why does these things not phase you? And I'm like, listen, I, I've pretty much been on death's door multiple times and I'm still here, I'm still standing, I'm still pushing because as Ray Dalio, he has an awesome book called Principles, is if you don't have principles, then what will happen is when you do get that, you know, kick on the nuts, you're just, you're gonna fall and wither away. Where if you truly believe in the project that you have, and it, you know, you know it can help people. You should be screaming it from the rooftops. You know that people always ask me how I got my first clients. You know, I'd have met you in a bar and I'd have talked so much about training, loved it. I'd have been giving you help. You'd have been talking to me about your training. And what naturally happened was people were just enthused. He's like, fuck, he really, he really enjoys what he does. I wasn't trying to sell anybody. I was just like, fucking love fitness. Like I love training. Like Brendan, oh, I'll try this exercise. Just do this. And then people were just naturally gravitating towards you. Yeah. You know yeah. What I mean, so that's how I got started. Uh, I still love it to today. I, I love teaching. Um, yeah. And, and giving back essentially. Yeah. And you were saying there, obviously every two or three years you expand. Um, I've only been in business three years. The first, the first year was great. The second year was a bit more difficult. The third year was really stuck because I was planning on expanding. And as you know, when you're when you're self-employed, thing you can get a bit. You, you know how things run when you're self-employed, but as you're trying to scale up, you need you need a completely different skill set to the scale up a business and start hiring staff and putting systems and processes in place. And that that's that that's the part that really fears me last year. And then this year we were just on track to do something, and then all of a sudden you get a knock. But how did you go from that transition that you know? You, did you start with group session, wasn't it, in a, in a boxing club? And then, yeah, we, we started with uh, small fitness classes and and just expand from there. Myself and Lenny were still working uh, in jobs while running this as a side hustle. And um, I was still working in the PEC in Queens. I was still working in bars and doing everything. And any money we got, we put in the equipment. And then we were just training our friends um, in the doctors' gym getting some amazing transformations and it was just people, we were doubling the membership of the Dockers because people just wanted to come and train with us and we weren't charging them at the time. We were just like, fuck right, if you want to come and train with us, like, come. Um, and then it just sort of snowballed from there. But for me, it was probably about two or three years in when we started taking on staff in terms of admin staff and other staff that those problems that you're talking about and scaling really, really started to hit home. Mm -hmm. I've been, um, pretty much a jack of all trades. And um, I remember speaking to my business mentor and he was like, one of the questions he asked me is like, how would you label yourself? And that's what it was. It was a jack of all trades. And also um, if you're familiar with football and you follow, um, you know, Eric Cantona and stuff like that, the Didier Deshaun quote, where he called them a water carrier. Right. Um, so he says, Didier Deshaun, you're nothing but a water carrier. And if anybody's familiar with soccer, pretty much he was the, the linchpin 
send them a field, just get all the dirty work, all the donkey work. And uh, pretty much that's what, um, that's what I do. Um, I went, I was lucky enough to speak in front of a lot of students in the BMC. Um, the tutor had this amazing, you know, slide about all my accomplishments, everything I achieved. And I just pointed to it and they're obviously of legal aids. I went, that there is bullshit. Okay. That is deck swinging. That's a list of achievements, which mean nothing. I will be the first person in my gym on my hands and knees scrubbing the toilets. I'll be the first person in my gym there to train you. I'll be the first person in the gym there to, you know, make sure that your experience is the best that it can be. And I'll be the last one that leaves that door. So, and, and letting go of that was really difficult. Um, even just letting go of emails, sales calls, like all this thing. Um, so I, I just took it all on board. And it's an ego you, thing, isn't it? It's a, yeah. You know you can trust yourself. That's it. You know that you, if you do it, you'll do it the way that you want it yeah. done. Um, and it's only been the last couple of years where we have a phenomenal team. Um, and a couple of books have really helped me with that transition. If you followed uh, Richard Kiyosaki, Rich Dad Purda. Yeah, yeah. And he talks about the cash flow quadrant. Yeah, I've read both of them. Good yeah, phenomenal books. Yeah. And, you know, 95% of the wealth is on the side of people who are investors and business owners and entrepreneurs, right? Only 5% of the wealth and 95% of the workforce is on people who are employed and self-employed. And the problem with self-employed people is that they think that no one can do the job as good as them. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what keeps them in that bubble. Yeah. Yeah. Just something you said, like that, that really hit home for me last year because for the first time I took, I took on a personal coach the year before. It was really helped me with, with work-life balance and which is something I really struggle with. Um, you helped me with different things and helped me a little bit with business. But then I took on an actual business coach last year and, you know, in, in the space of a couple of months, just by setting up a structure of how we were going to sell and how we were going to, you know, put through quotes and what we should be charging and how we should be charging. Because before I came into this industry, I had zero experience. I just kind of, like you, just kind of started to make a few extra quotes and set up a job. And then all of a sudden you're like, right, well, where do, where do I want to branch in here? Do I want to branch into clearance contracts or do I want to branch into removals? And I was like, well, you know, the clearance is very price-based because there's not much you can deliver in terms of value, in terms of doing clearance work. But with removals, you can you can offer a lot more for people's money and you can do a really, really good job and really impress them. So I decided to branch into that, hired, on, hired the coach and, you know, trying to let go of this and that and the other. And I, I, do you know what? Once you let go of it, it's pretty pretty easy. Yeah, and, and that's it. It's the it's a preconception in your head. It's starting off with an idea and not knowing how to market and sell it. And um, you know, most people out there and most markets have a niche. So instead of you being another guy with a van and going, Okay, I'm a guy with a van, okay, well, can you pick up fucking horses or can you remove this house? Can you do this? Can you just clear this content? You know, you're specializing in a niche. So when someone needs a house removal, they know that it's you. It's the same way that even though 95% of our uh, populace is weight loss, there's still some people there who are in for injury rehab, for muscle building and so forth. But my niche is weight loss. I help business professionals get in shape and stay in shape without giving up the social lives. So I niche down on that because I'm that type of person. You know, I I work X amount of hours. You know, if I can do it, other people can do it. And we show them those structures and systems they have in place. But as you say, the business coach was... 
the, the game changer for us for the last four years. And we have invested probably got to 25 grand plus on, on business coaches. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I have returns. Yeah. And, and that's it. It's people go, is it worth it? I'm like, fuck yeah. A million percent. You yeah. know, like, my current coach at the minute, I pay £500 a month, right? Uh, for some people, maybe a lot, it's not uh, based on what it is. You know, I sat there and I sold seven people this week. It's got me £700. Mm-hmm. It's paid for him. Like, yeah. you know, and I know I've still got the rest of the month to make a bunch of sales that is going to help me. When I get, I was sitting there on Sunday night and I was like, I've got 10 calls to make. And he's like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm just chilling out here. Go and make the fucking calls. Yeah. Go and do what you said you were going to do. And someone to keep you accountable, it, it, it is a game changer. And I'm sure, as you say, you've noticed that with your, with your business. Yeah, it was more the pricing structure. You know, we were, I was just kind of firing out prices of people and doing, you know, we were just, everything was already with, you know, already with, already with, already with. And yes, things are all right, but if something doesn't, so I just moved into packages work. It's just probably similar to what, what you guys do. You know, you've got, you've got your early rate as personal trainer, but I'm sure you guys have packages, you know, monthly, whatever, and you get X amount per week. But then I started, so once I moved into that, and then I started learning how to actually sell it, then it, it was a complete game changer. And I seen the sales double within the first couple of months. Um, and that was when I decided, right, we're going to invest in new equipment, we're going to step up even further. We're going to offer free bits and pieces here. Um, I'm going to take on another staff member and then we obviously bought a second van and I plans to buy a third well I did have plans to buy a third one by the end of the year but what you know it was literally within the space because we knew what we were doing at that stage you know you're good, you're good at what you do you kind of know how to do things but the business stuff around it the marketing the selling the the pricing structure all, and the admin the systems um, all that sort of stuff was, was new to me and like, like I said earlier on you need a completely different skill set to do that stuff than to just do your yeah your it's getting out of that worker's mentality and looking at it from a business perspective yeah. like you said and for me i constantly educate our, our coaches and even the guys who we mentor on from first port of contact so if we talk about msf that myself and john talk a lot about marketing sales and fulfillment on this marketing side like we reiterate to our clients or sorry our staff what the standard operating procedures are what my job is what their job is so as you get better at that they niche down so when we look at a marketing perspective we look at organic and paid traffic we look at like what port of call they're coming in from, application forms or social media, whatever it is. We niche down on social media. We build a massive email list. But as you said, um, and something I'm interested from from what you said there is, we were both exchanging time for money. Mm-hmm. And there is only a certain amount of time that you can, you know, uh, you know, leverage per day, which yeah. means I needed staff in there who were going to actually make me money. So for example, you know, our personal training packages are, are quite expensive, right? They could be more expensive. I should be charging more. Like, a, you know, I'm talking 40 quid an hour, right? But I should be charging more. And the reason why is I don't want to do it. When someone goes to me, I'll give you 500 pounds to train me. I just like, no. And they're like, are you, are you insane? I'm like, listen, my time's worth way more than that. I have, you know, people on average will pay us between 147 to, you know, 197 a month. Mm-hmm. Even if they were paying me a hundred pound and I had ten people in a class, okay, at three times a week, that's twelve hundred pound. That's potentially a hundred and twenty pound an hour that I'm making 
which I pay my coach, you know, 15, 12 to 15 pound an hour. I don't even need to be there. Yeah, yeah. You know, so the, 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 the most important thing is it's not that you're constantly selling. You have something that is bringing you what Richard Kiyosaki would call a passive income, a recurring income that is constantly being streamed into your business, even if it is a little bit less. You know, even if you are, you're offering those packages, but you're getting a retainer. If you're free on time. That's, that's the main issue. You know, it's less, it's less than what you need per hour. Um, but that, that's built into us from a young age. You know, work hard. And I'm still in that stage where I am working hard, but I'm working hard on different things. And my, my time's not being charged per hour. And when people specifically ask me, like, the, my guys are better than me at doing, doing removals. Like, they're, they're better. And people, so not again, you get someone who will say to me, uh, can, can you come out? And I'd say, look, my time's charged at £75 an hour, plus the van hire, plus the guys. And that turns them off pretty quickly. So it's now and again, I'll jump out and do it because maybe someone calls in sick or, you know, there's, there's extra things that we've had to take on or there's been delays or whatever. But you're, you're still not looking at your time being charged per hour. You're looking at what your business is making per month, how much it's costing you to do a job, how much it's costing on staff. And then all of a sudden, then you can sort of work around that. Once you know the numbers, you can tweak them and track them. Um, which is, again, another big learning process for me, which I've been learning a lot about over the last six months. But yeah, and that, that gives you the, the flexibility to work on the things you need to, you know, to, to scale up to. That, that's it. When you know where the, the hidden cash is in your business, and where you're losing time, you know, one of our mentors, Craig Valentine, he, he has an awesome thing of things that he doesn't like doing that he could save himself 10 hours in a week, you know, and, and we had a mastermind there recently in Sleeves Donard and uh, Lenny was delivering on things that you like to do, things that you shouldn't be doing, things that you hate to be doing, things that other people could be doing. And we put it into something like a cash flow quadrant and we just wrote down a couple of things and, uh, I actually joined in and he was like, Are you written that down? I was like, yeah, he says, what do you hate doing? I was like, I hate giving my staff a bollocking, right? I hate fucking coming in and just ripping into them going, why is this not done? Why do I feel like I'm doing your job and so forth, right? The other thing was, uh, where could I save myself a shitload of hours was not training people. So I would pretty much do the one-on-one -on -one sessions and that was only because we had grown so quick in such a short space of time that we couldn't, we couldn't find a coach that, you know, would gel well with the team. So we're, we're a very much a, a close-knit team. No one comes into that unless my staff have an equal say. I will not hire someone yeah. unless they go through due diligence, they go through, they get on with my staff, my staff can feedback, and then it's like, okay, if they're a good fit, we'll talk, you know, money with them. And uh, we just couldn't find somebody that was going to be a right fit for our uh, methodology and what way we did things. Uh, and who could buy into what we wanted. So it became the point where I had to work more hours. So I was like, I could save myself 40 hours a week yeah. not doing this. And where could those hours be better served? And basically what we do now, like I was saying to you before, from the first touch point, from that person coming in contact to us, to me getting on a call with him or having a meeting, selling them into a program, what happens from there? It's a process of me contacting my admin, uh, her uploading all the details, sending out relevant files, whatever it is. If that person's starting late, you know, how can I give the person on the other line who's signed up for my product, how can I give them value straight away? Okay, 
So here's what we're going to do. As soon as they walk through that door, they're getting a t-shirt, a card, like a little thank you gift. If they're in a PT, they're getting this little welcome pack. Uh, I'm going to send them out stuff, you know, straight away. So even if they're starting a week later, two weeks later, whatever it is, I want to make sure that it lands on their door and, you know, they're thinking about us. They're going, fuck me, they really think. Then the next touch point, as soon as they start training, 10 to 14 days later, they're getting a call or they're getting a meet up with me. How are you getting on? Like, a, you know, I hear you're enjoying it, you know, anything we can improve upon. After 30 days, a touch point again, because if you ever follow uh, Joey Coleman's book, Never Lose a Customer Again, the first 100 days are the most critical. The more touch points that you have with that client within 100 days, the more likely they are to become a customer for life. Yeah, yeah. And Zappos are a great uh, you know, representation of that. How can you be flamboyant? How can you be top of their you know mind awareness so whenever they think you know what i need a, a trainer it, it's non-negotiable every other gym is trying to charge you through the nose for a product that you're not even using or serving i have people pay me extraordinary amounts of money every month they're not turning up i contact and just go i'm canceling your membership why it's just like because you're not using my product and i'm not here to, to rent you i'm here to get your results so you either get in the gym or you know, you move on, but it's quite powerful to be able to do that though as well. It sends out a big message to, you know, your current clients and potential future clients. You know, you want people who are going to get results. It's, yes, of course, your business has to make money, but I mean, I've turned away a lot of people for work because I just knew they were going to be very difficult to deal with. And, yeah. you know, we, we, have a, we have a set structure as well, the way we like to do things when we go in. Um, and it's done to a really high standard. And people go and start calling the shots. I'm like, look, maybe we're not the company for you. And that sends a very powerful message to people. Yeah, pe people before profits. And like when I was saying there about the staff, you know, me giving them a ball. And that, that came down to my fault. If you ever read an, another amazing book, Extreme Ownership, uh, from Jack Willock and Leth Babin, they yeah. pretty much did it. Great book. Yeah. The, the ownership falls onto you as a leader. Like if someone does something in your business that is not something uh, that you agree with, it's because you haven't told them that they cannot do that or there's not a certain way to do that. And you can call that controlling or you can like look at it as and like making sure that every aspect of my business, like every one of the jobs needs to be done my staff know. And we have constant, you know, staff meetings and feedback and it's always evolving. And it's like, how can we improve? Because if we're standing still, there's somebody who's going to overtake us uh, and there's going to be this new breed. And like the, I, I've been saying this for about the last 10 years, the, the biggest trend in any industry that I have seen in the last 10 years, this goes across the board, is honesty and integrity. That is the number one thing for any business that is striving at this moment in time. Because what's happening is, you can always sell someone a dud product. You can always sell somebody a dud service once. Yeah. But they're never going to come back and buy that service again. And the great thing with that is they can go on and give you a Facebook review. They can give you a Yelp review. They can give you a Trustpilot, a Google review. And pretty much that's, that's going to sting your business. So if you rip somebody off once, you know, other people are going to see that. Whereas if we put people first, and we say, listen, I'm going to try my best to make sure that you get the best experience possible. Yeah. Like, I don't want you to think of fitness as coming in and sweating. I want you to think of, you know, when you're leaving that door, that was the best part of your day, mm -hmm. you know, before and after. Mm -hmm. And the community as well from, you know, the small coaching groups, it's, uh, I'm sure, I, I haven't experienced that in a while, but 
Um, I'm sure that everybody just kind of looks forward to seeing everybody and chatting, you know, how was your day and how was this? And obviously everybody's bantering back and forth for you guys as well, which is obviously great. We, we just, we played uh, every Wednesday, we had a virtual meetup on Zoom. We played charades last night. So I, I organised movies, TV shows, stuff like that. There. I actually have it all recorded and I, I told them I'm going to blackmail them all with yeah. <laughs> and they don't get back in the gym. But like, it was so funny. Like people just willing to, you know, have a bit of crack and a bit of banter. We've done quizzes, we've done bingos. Like, and even the comments that we're getting from our clients now, like, you know, one in particular, was like you know I sort of fell off the bandwagon and made up excuses to not go to the gym. I'd hurt myself, but one of the one of the clients was like, "Listen, I haven't seen you in a way. You know, do you want to join in and work with me? Because we have an accountability challenge at the minute." And he was like, "It's the best thing I've ever done." He says, "Even my wife, who goes to a rival gym, is commenting on how much stuff that we're doing for our clients, from training to you know extracurricular activities, like landing equipment to." going above and beyond to make sure that these people are looked after because they're the ones that pay pay my bills and they pay you know my yeah. staff bills so uh, they're super super important and uh, I think that sort of pisses my missus off sometimes because she says that I love them it's more than I love her but I love well, maybe maybe during the lockdown that could be true everybody's yeah. just loving each other yeah I love both so how, how would you figure out what you know, how often would you sit down and think, right, how can we deliver more value here? How can we deliver more value there? Like, how often would you sit and what, is, what does that process look like? Uh, it'll come down to either where you are in terms of delivering a product, market product and service. So every time you can look at the little nuances and make them better. Like even now, like we'd be uh, quite sort of known for our six-week programs. Uh, we've tried 21 days, 30 days, all these sort of things. But six weeks seems to be a magic number from getting someone in to, you know, sending them up on the back end for, you know, a recurring income. And that process will look at every time that we run one of those, how can we get better? Like, we're getting to the point now where it, you know, you're probably retaining 80% of the people who are coming through. So if I'm getting, you know, 20 people through and I retain at least 16 of them at a, you know, cost, it's usually about one 20 to 140 but if i say 100 pound that's those people are worth 1600 pound to me yeah, yeah so it's like okay that, that's that's really good and then how we finance that is we use a client finance model um and what i mean by that is the money that we spend on marketing we have to make money on that front end we we were always told you know if you've got a big cash reserve you can lose money on the front end so that means if i spend 100 pound on facebook ads and someone clicks an ad uh, and costs me a hundred pound and I sell them a product a hundred pound you know I broke even <laughs> yeah now that's okay if you've got a recurring business model that you're going to sell them into so you can you know break even in the first month if they sign up for the second month you're a hundred pounds yeah. yeah. whereas if you look at client finance acquisition you need to price your product enough that it is costing more so that you're making money on the front end, you take that money in the front end, you reinvest it back in, and then you've got that recurring money. So for example, like the way that Facebook ads are going at the minute, because of the way the market is, it is like how much it costs you to get a click now is 50% less. So on average, a, a lead for us is 10 pound. So if someone filled in a form, it's roughly around about the 10 pound mark. Any more than that, 
I sort of cut the ad off and I'll rejig it. Ads are costing me leads at two to three pound a lead and I'm selling them at a hundred pound. Mm. So it, it means that like a hundred pounds is not a lot, but if I'm just sending people a program online, you know, it, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty good. So then I just reinvest that money back in and then I get another whole host of leads. Now, not every lead is obviously going to be a winner, mm -hmm. but pretty much the way I'm looking at it is I need to make at least one sale a day. Right? I spend about 40 quid a day on ads. If I make one sale, I'm still up 60 quid. I'm not paying staff. They're already being paid by current thing. So it's a nice wee earner that can keep me going. And I think every time you do something, you get better at it. So how we look at it is, okay, that ad didn't run well or that program didn't run well. And we can tell because we've only got 40% of people signed up after. Why was that? Was the product too pricey? You know, did we undersell ourselves? Did we not deliver to that person? And there's times where we've actually turned around to people and said, listen, I'm going to give you a free month. You know? yeah. actually, we actually refused to let one client leave. He, he wanted to cancel his membership. We asked why. He was just like, oh, just money. And it's like, it's not money. What's the real issue? And he's like, oh, I thought I would have got, you know, better results by now. Okay. Um, where do you think you can improve? Or where do you think we can improve? And we said to him, you're not canceling your membership. Give us one more month to impress you. And we were ringing them, getting them up in the mornings, making sure he had a meal prep, like everything else, and the weight started to come off. And again, he lasted for about two weeks, and then he started to go cold, distant. And I can then hold my hands up and say that... It's not everything I could do. Yeah, I, I did everything I could, and I can admit that. Another client, we changed the way that we train people in the gym, our philosophy with our group training. Um, you move more towards the weight loss as, as opposed to strength, and she just didn't like it. We had a couple of run-ins, um, and she walked out one day, and I went and had a chat with her. I was like, "What do you want?" She's like, "I want to just lift, lift heavy weights and do this here." And she was she was carrying weights. She needed to lose weight. So what I did is I went and uh, there's a gym close by us, which is a strength gym. Sought them out, paid for her first month. Yeah, and like there you go. Now I know. She will not leave with a like a sour taste in her mouth. She'll go, do you know what? That wasn't the place for me, but I can't say anything bad about them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, yeah, you get better every time that you go through that process, even a sales call. Yeah. The more you do, the more rejections, almost make it into a game. See how many rejections you can get because it, it then becomes fun. You're like, yes, got another one. And then that, you know, being rejected becomes like yeah. nothing. And you're like, fuck yeah. And then you'll see the seals hotting up. And uh, and I always like to say, seals sound Sometimes just saying that number, because so many people, I mean, I have a guy on my team that he wouldn't even mind me saying this, because we've openly discussed this lots of times. Um, and, you know, I, I say, look, I, I see you as an operations kind of guy, but I don't see you as a sales guy, because every time we start talking about money, it's funny. So, you know, instead of just talking... If you're hitting someone with a big price for a move, you know, full packing service and all that sort of stuff, he would get funny asking for that. And it is, it is almost about, you almost have to get a almost like just a little bit of resistance because that's when you know you're on the, the right path where it's actually like, people have to think about it. Same people just go, yes, straight away, you know, it's too cheap then. Yeah, it, he's funny about saying those big numbers, and then after that, dealing with Dave Jackson's and dealing with people are saying, and you know, then selling the service, telling us what they're getting, blah blah blah, whatever. But 
Well, that's, that, that could be a reason why seals go down the, the drain. People need to have 100 million percent confidence in their product. And I think that's been coming through with my staff lately because my staff are selling their family members on. They're not asking for discounts. They believe in the product 100% and they believe in, in what we do. The other aspect is like you, what a lot of mistakes people make, especially in an industry like yours, is you sell benefits, right? Benefits sound good to a logical person, okay? But people don't buy on logic. They buy on emotion, yeah. right? So if someone's breaking up with their partner and they need a removal and they need it done ASAP, like they will pay what is necessary. So they're, they're very high on the emotion scale. Now, what people will do is a bit like I do and my missus have been doing, we've been banned fucking shit online, right? We're banned for emotion because we're like, want our house to look nice and then we'll defy it with logic. And that's why we have a sales script because when someone has filled an application form, they're in pain, right? They're in some form of pain. They don't like the way they look, they don't like the way they feel. And if you ever, you know, read another book, Donald Miller, uh, Story Brand, he's like, there's three things that happen. There is a external problem, there's an internal problem, and there's a philosophical problem. So in my industry, that would be someone doesn't like the way they look. Because they don't like the way they look, it tells them that they don't feel confident about themselves and that no one can love them and they can do this here. Yeah. You know, so what happens is we fix the external to fix the internal. Like we, the losing weight is great. Like if they lose three stone, amazing. They're still the exact same person, but their confidence, you know, everything goes higher. So when we're selling stuff, and especially when we used to do transformations, if I said to you, Chris, you know, do you want to do a twelve week transformation? Okay, yeah, much is it? And I tell you twelve hundred pound. You're like, uh, you don't see the value in it. Right? If I say, listen, dude, I'm going to get you fucking shredded, six pack abs to go for a beta. You interested? Yeah, I'm interested, right? So. You're sort of weaning them along. If I turn around to you and say, I'm going to put you through 60 of the most horrible, grueling sessions you've ever been in, you're going to be sick, you're going to be sore, you're going to hate me, you're going to be eating rabbit. Oh, you mean to me more? <laughs> most people are just like, they'll turn off. They'll turn off. So yeah. like in terms of your sales process, I don't know what, what you guys do, but even that. I'm still working on it and tweaking on it. Yeah, uh, but. There, is, there is no business to business. It's business to it's business to customer. So even if you ring a business, there's a person on that other lane who has to make that decision. And if you can make it a no brainer that, listen, you've got a problem. I solve problems. You know, the people who make most money in the world solve the big problems. That's what they do. Like even now, I'm trying to solve a problem for people who are in isolation, who are overindulgent, overeating, have no structure and are putting on weight. And then when they leave to go out, they're not going to feel confident about themselves. They're probably in the house bloated going, how does my partner even look at me? Like, how can I even have sex with my partner? Like, I'll go that deep. I'll go that fucking pain point. I will poke that. How's your sex life? What do you mean? So say, do you and your partner regularly have sex? Because, you know, that's usually a sign of confidence. And before they know it, once we bring yeah, because through, you've seen it before and you know the pain points, you, you probably know exactly like five minutes of conversation how someone's feeling about the whole. About yeah, the and thing, we, about know, we know what the next stage is. You know, one of the most powerful things that I was ever told to put into a sales script um, was how open men are you? So if I asked you, how open men are you? What would you say? I would say I'm very open minded. Yeah. Everyone thinks they're super progressive. Everyone thinks that they're, you know, 
yeah, no, 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 no. I'm, like, I'm, I'm really open minded. What are you talking about? Okay, well, then this product is for you. So you're getting them to say many yeses. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah. then, even the biggest thing as well is your industry, my industry, any industry. My dog's going mad here. Like, one of the, the major things that people miss out on is they, they always hear the objection and they leave. You yeah. almost like I believe in my product wholeheartedly. Like I turned around to someone who said no to me, and I went, "Okay, well, what are you going to do instead?" Sometimes you need to show people that you push through that emotion that people are pushing back. You need you you, you almost you almost look for a better resistance because you need to sell. That's the point. Yeah. You need to you need to get the deal closed. Yeah. So, like, how long have you been feeling fucking shitty about yourself and you don't like yourself after about six months? What have you done in that six months? Then nothing. What would you do if you get off this call and you didn't join my program? I don't know, I'll probably sit there and do the same thing. That's six months, that's a year that you've been sitting here thinking about this. If you don't make that decision right now, yeah, I'm gonna make the decision for you, you need this product. Mm-hmm. Fuck, right, I do. Because people, they don't know what they want as well. And again, if you've got a service that you believe in and you're delivering that quality, and that person on the other end doesn't believe it, and you know that person probably needs a lot more sales time, but like a sales script could be handy for them and then it just rolls off the tongue because you understand people's problems if that's your job you're in an industry that people need shit moved then it's like okay well when do you need it done what is the biggest concern well the biggest concern with them is always stress every single time that's the emotional pain point i'm hitting so once i start getting past that i'm like what's your biggest concern or like look i want to have everything out on time because it's a it's a it's a full day process but there's specific times that things have to be out for and then the house so I need to make sure that when when I leave that, even if they're even if they get the point, you know, before I do my follow up, not again, I'll, I'll stick it down for a follow up. But if I've left, I want them to leave feeling that we can take care of the job and it's going to be stress free. That's what I promise a stress free moving experience. So when I can, because when I walk into people's houses to do surveys and that sort of stuff, they they're stressed out they want Jesus we're doing this and we're doing that we're packing and this and that and the other so I go in give them a few packing tips tell them that you know if they, if they don't want the packing service because they're trying to save a few quid I'll be like right this is what this is what you should do this is an efficient way to pack this is what you should be putting in this kind of box this is what you should be putting in bags this is what you should be doing and I just give them little tips like that and then once it gets to that point I run them through the entire process of what happens on moving day I tell them what it's going to cost and then Sometimes you have a bit of resistance or, um, you know, it, it just depends. Sometimes I'll not even bother because people tell me their budget and we, because we, we're delivering, trying to deliver a high level of service, it's not going to work for us. I don't recommend them to somebody who'll do it at lower cost, but the service won't be as good. So it's given value in, in that for, for people as well. It just really helps them have a, you know, if I walk away and have a good taste in their mouth about who I am, what my business is all about, and feel like that we can take care of what they need us to take care of, it's going to be a stress-free experience, then it's great for them. The good thing is you're coming from that from a point of wanting to help people. Do you know that people, uh, and this was actually proven, so waiters and waitresses, if they're in a restaurant and someone goes to you, what do you recommend? And the waiter goes, do you want to recommend this? I would probably stay away from that. They had a 70% increase in their tip. 70% increase from just being honest with people and just going, do you know what? Yeah. Get the V tonight, the V's fucking drama. And maybe stay away from this bag ball. Not that good. And people were like, fuck great, because we're all looking 
direction. We're all looking herded. Like, you know, me with my clients and my staff, you, you know, you, we all say you're either the sheep or you're the shepherd. Mm-hmm. You lead or you, you're led. There, there's no other way about it. So, like, we challenge our staff on a, on a daily to push through, like, to push past myself and Lenny's point, even though our job is the marketing and sales and driving. Like, we, they've now created a sub-team that they are driving. Like, one of my coaches drives the other members of the team, which drives the clients, which makes my job a million times easier. But that's what we say. It's just like, do you want to be a sheep? No? Well, then stand up and do what you need to do to lead people because everyone's sitting there going, oh, what do I do here? You know? So, yeah, if you come from that place of trust and wanting to help, it, it makes it a no-brainer. And, like, yeah, you're not going to be everybody's cup of tea. And if, as long as you realize that, that is the most powerful thing. That's what saves you time. You know, like, I've had a few people... 97 quid, 100 quid. Like, if we weren't in this epidemic, 99% of the population, 100 quid for six weeks is fucking nothing, right? I would never any sell anywhere as cheap as that in my life. It's only because we're in this current situation. I wanted to test the waters for the market. It's selling well. I'll probably do you next one at 147. But, like, people are being a wee bit apprehensive with their money. And so they want to feel like they're getting more value. And if you can say to them, Run them through the process. Here's where you're at. Here's exactly what's going to happen. Here's what we're going to do. And here's the outcome. Mm-hmm. As I say, it becomes, it becomes a no-brainer. Um, yeah. yeah. And the people, the people ever request you, you know, because obviously you're doing the market and you're doing the sales and that sort of stuff. And then obviously you have coaches and stuff that, that have bought into your philosophy about fitness and, and that's how you run it. The people ever get disappointed whenever it's not you or do you explain that to them throughout the... Yeah, well, we explain it to them. Um, I do get some people who, who do just want to work solely with me. And there's times I would have went, I'll just keep them. But um, I think they understand. I, I'm away multiple times a year, whether it's holidays or whether it's work. Um, you know, so I'm constantly going to, you know, the S for meetings or, you know, meeting um, business managers or whatever it is. So I'm out of the country a lot. So they're not always going to get me. Um, and then they just need to get comfortable with, with other people our job is to yeah is to funnel them down you know i don't want someone to pay me four five hundred pound a month uh, i want them on my coaching program where they pay me 150 pound a month because a i know it's a lot more cost effective um and b yeah the average lifetime customer value of our clients is nine to 12 months yeah so if they're you know if they're paying me 15 or say 150 pound a month for eight months that you know you're talking what eighteen hundred pounds or sixteen hundred pounds? Yeah, like they're worth sixteen hundred pounds to me. Like even if they stayed on for three months at five hundred pounds, I've actually lost money in the long term. Mm-hmm. You know, so and then it looks like you're just trying to get an arm out of somebody. Where I'm not about that. I just tell people, listen, see, once I've taught you everything you need to know, you're no use to me. Like, and they look at me like, what do you mean? I'm sick. Like, once I've taught you how to squat, Chris. All I'm doing now is counting reps. Okay, okay, so we're going to do five sets of five. Yep, squat solid. And I'm one of these people, like, I don't talk. I know I talk a lot, but I don't talk when I'm training for the sake of it. If it looks fucking solid, it looks solid. I don't need to tell you. I'm like, dude, burn it. If it looks shit, we'll, we'll fix it. But if it doesn't, it's like, hmm, yeah. So I, I try and push them on, and I explain to them every single step of the way that we don't work like a normal conventional gym. We don't have personal trainers who... You know, only train certain people. When you come and train a hybrid, you train with all of us. Yeah. 
So I give my staff the flexibility of having days off, times off, you know, still getting the weeds, still delivering a service that they love to do, fitness, without having to do what a personal trainer does now, which is probably working 14, 15 hour days, mornings, evening, missing their kids, putting them to bed. You know, it's a young person's job, mm -hmm. that sort of lifestyle, unless you have a business model that will, you know, essentially do that. And we always tell um, the students come through to become qualified. If you're doing this on a part-time basis, you're going to make more money. Yeah. And yeah. people are looking at you like, why? I was like, if you're working nine to five, you've got your bills paid for, you don't need to really train people. So if I say to you, Chris, I'm working nine to five, and you're like, oh, I want to train me at four. Sorry, I can't do it. Can you do six? Yeah. So you're going to work around my schedule instead of me working around your schedule. Yeah. So now I have a, a secondary income that is based around times that suit me and suit my family and my lifestyle while still having all my bills. Thing. It's only when you're not making money that you're willing to work every hour of every day to, to do yeah. those things. Well, that, that's having, having that structure in place as well was a big thing. Because when, when you first start the business, you know, you're self-employed, but you're really excited. You're happy enough to work nights. You're happy enough to work weekends. And then after a while, like you say, you've got a family and all that, and then you want to maintain your lifestyle. Because if you're working early mornings, late nights, which I was doing when I first started, you know, I had a nine to five job. I was doing deliveries at night and the, the energy was just there. You were just constantly at it. And then all yeah. of a sudden you, you transitioned whenever I quit my job and went into full time and then started working on the actual, the, the business side of it. I, I found myself still doing nights and weekends and Sundays and stuff. And then eventually I was like, no, no, we need to have a structure in place. This is our dispatch time. This is our arrival time. And I'm very up from people are like, well, what, you know, what doesn't, can you make it any later? I'm like, no, 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 this is our dispatch time. This is what time my guys are in. So this is what time they're arriving at the move because X, Y, and Z. You know, we don't, we don't work around people as much as we used to um, because you end up working, then the guys end up working at 7 o'clock at night, then I'm stuck out taking phone calls. I mean, you don't have a structure in place for your business. It, it, everything just falls apart. Yeah. And everybody gets stressed out, including me, including the staff, and then the client as well. Who wants to have removals men in their house at eight or nine o'clock at night, putting together beds? <laughs> it's the last thing you want. But yeah. once you started getting the guys in, and I'm like, right, this is our standard working times. Now and again, we might have to work a little bit later, but everybody will know in advance, and the boys are happy enough for that. Um, you know, If you want to work Saturdays, there's probably going to be work there. If you want to do it, you can do it. I won't be working, because I'm taking weekends off now uh, and that's just the way we run things because you need to have you know there's a lot of hustle 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 culture on Instagram you know you're 16 and that's fine at the start but once you start getting business in and you, you have the, the leads there you need to set a structure in place because then your health starts to suffer your fitness starts to suffer and all the things outside of work that are really important are not not getting done and yeah I notice whenever I'm, you know, sometimes I edge back into those really big days and then all of a sudden I'm only going to the gym once or twice a week instead of the five days that I like to. And then I, need, I know I need to reevaluate something and I look at the numbers and go, what's going on here, right? Why are we working so much there? Why are we working so much there? And it's just about constant tweaking and tracking and, and just making sure that things are working for you because at the end of the day, your business needs to work for you as well as you working for it. 100%. And again, as you say, you, you start with that hustle and grind. And there's days where I still think that I'm doing that. You know, even the last mentor. You just have to get down and do it, though. Like, yeah. times like this. 
I remember the last mentoring session I was, uh, had a conversation and I was saying, you know, I'm the jack of all trades. I'm the person that'll carry the water and, you know, make sure everything's done. If I have to do, you know, IT or I have to do training people, I have to do this. Um, and it was also the fact that, you know, I, I have a lot of time. Like I was thinking, like there was another question he asked me is like, where are you getting gold stars from? From either A, people that don't matter or, um, you know, like for the wrong reason. So like, I'm probably getting gold stars from my staff thinking, fuck me, he's still here. Like, he's been here all day, right? Which I don't need their approval, right? I, I, I warrant it because like I stand up, I do what I fucking have to do and I push the team. But like if I don't have to be their friend that day, you know, I'll tell them, I'll tell them the hard truth. The other thing was, even though I was there all day, I wasn't productive. I was probably productive for small parts of the day, and you know, the rest of the day I frivoled. You're wearing it like a badge of honor. It's like I'm working hard. Yeah. There. And again, that comes back to your ego. Comes back to your ego. It's like, well, yeah, but you're seeking the approval of your staff. And you're going, well, I'm here at this time. I'm going there at that time. Well, like I say, the whole point of having the business is to work on what you need to be working on and delegate the rest. Because yep. it's not sustainable working like that. It's not. Yeah, and the good thing is, like, I, I'm really open with my staff. Like, I tell them where we are revenue-wise, where we need to get to. Like, we openly give them, you know, uh, you know, good benefits. Like, we took two of them to uh, a retreat in San Diego last year, paid all expenses paid um, for just bossing the coaching aspect. We pay for their um, certification courses and stuff as well, but they must prove to me that, A, certification is worth doing and b that they come back and they teach the rest of the staff so as a co cohesive unit we get better um you know what like if you tell me listen i've seen this awesome course i want to do it you know it's on fucking i don't know jujitsu movement thing okay well how's that going to benefit my business and you tell me and i go okay well that, that does have some relevance i'm going to i'm going to pay for that course for you you know so like we we invest regularly and if we go back to you know way back to where we were talking about bringing on staff uh, there's two uh, restaurateurs, two chefs that work in, or sorry, the train in my place, two Midland Star uh, restaurants, and they are just paid off with staff just constantly having turnover. And he was like, are you not worried about all the money you invest in your staff and them walking out that door? I says, of course I am, but I can't think like that. If I think like that, I have a scarcity mindset. I'm willing to invest thousands thousands into my staff so they are the best. Now, one of them, you know, a year ago to say that he wanted to open his own business, Grant, like I, I'll teach him everything he needs to know because if I don't, you know, he's going to leave anyway. Whereas at that time where I'm teaching him, I'm going to, still going to get the best out of him. So you are going to have a natural turnover and you do have to trust people and sometimes people let you down and it's a test of your character of how you deal with it and you just... That's it. It's trust. You know, you gotta. If the the main thing you talk about is your mission statement. What is your goal? What do you put on this earth to do? And um, what fucking gets you a hard on like nothing else? Like that you wake up. That's the first thing you want to do. That is your passion. That's what you follow. And then when you relay that message down, and what marketing is as well is you being able to deliver that that message in a small, bite sized manner that is very understandable for people. And when people know the mission, they can buy into the mission. If you're just like, oh, our job's training people, like, 
my staff know how many people we want to help in the next five years. They know, like one of them asked me, like, what do you want from your business? I said, over my three businesses, the next five years, I want to turn over a million pounds. That's not a million pound profit. That's turning over a million pounds. Yeah. And he was like, how do you plan on doing that? I said, by helping people. And he went, that's not how it works. And I was like, yes, it is. Fucking, there's a marketer called Zig Ziglar, right? He has a famous quote that I live by. To get everything that you want in life, do you help others get what they want? Mm-hmm. That's life. You help your friend and he returns the favor. You help someone and you get them a result and you fucking try everything in your power. They will reward you, whether it's with cash, with friendship, whatever it is. Like I have a, you know, a, a client who, he owns a business and he owns a clothing manufacturing business and he you know, distributes to some of the biggest stores here in the UK and he canceled his membership. He's been paying me for like four years like 300 pound a month, which tends to thing turn up. I'm like, what are you doing? Trying to get it back. And he's like, I need to cancel the business is in a bad way. And he sort of went cold on me. I kept contact with him. Do you need help with training while we're in isolation? And he was like, if you any equipment? And I told him what I had left. Threw over, let him take the equipment. And he, he gave me clothes. I was like, what are you doing? He's just like, I just wanted to say thank you. And like, the clothes are fucking nice. Like, do you know what I mean? And I'm not doing it for that reason. Yeah, yeah. You know, but like he felt that he wanted to reciprocate something to me, and that, okay. that's a that's really that's a natural reaction for people just to reciprocate. Yeah. Like, so that's it. If you read Chalvini's book, Influence, the first rule psychology of yeah, is reciprocity. Give a gift to get a gift. If I, if I said to you, Chris, listen, uh, if you said to me, sorry, listen, PJ, can you help us move this so I'm just moving, moving, and I go and help you. Brilliant. Like you're like, thank you. But what that usually means, nine times out of ten, is when I ask you for a favor, yeah. my favor could be ten times. Uh, my favor could be ten times bigger, and you will feel inclined to do it. Whatever that were. Okay. So the same way that we run a twenty-one day fitness challenge to raise money for small businesses in and around us, like we were going, the training's free, but it's a donation, right? And we're going to donate this money. We're going to, I think we raised roughly about a grand. So like five, 200 pound vouchers are going to go to those businesses. Mm-hmm. Right? So like people are going, why are you doing this? I was like, because I think we're going to be okay. I want to prove to people that we care about other people. It's not just about us. We want to help other people. So yeah, yeah it all comes down to that. People first, systems, you know. Jesus, that was a, that's a lot to take in. Yeah, if you look at it from that, there, there's stages. We have, you know, people who've been with us who've been mentoring under us for yeah. two, three years. And one of them, um, I messaged, I'd seen one of his Facebook ads and, you know, told him what was wrong, what he needed to change. And he was just like, it's like this, it just never ends. And I was like, yeah, it's like what we teach you is at the level you're at. And then we teach you, once you learn that, then you move to the next level. And it comes down to uh, something I heard a coach say before. You'll always hear in my industry, in the fitness industry, people go and do a fitness course. Say they do one of my kettlebell courses. And they'll be like, that's the best course I've ever done in my life. Mm-hmm. It's probably not been the best course. It was the best course pitched at the level that you're at right now in a manner that you're able to take on board. And what that means is... And the atmosphere I as well, maybe with the other people. It's a yeah. great atmosphere in your, in your gym whenever you're teaching yeah. courses. Yeah, like I, I've been to courses where I just didn't understand why I was there. I was thinking that if I went to this, A, it shows that I'm 
thinking that I'm better than other people, I'm learning this more really advanced stuff. And it just, I was nowhere near the level to take that information in, process that information, and then know what to do with it. And that's what's happening with my, like people out there right now, they're looking at everybody putting out fitness content and going, there's videos out there, but do you know what that's for or why they're doing it? Or would you want something that's a little bit more catered towards you? Or in terms of my mentoring clients, you know, we're really working on your developing leads because leads and sales are the, the, the number one thing in your business. Absolutely. Life your business. Yeah. Once we nail that down, culture, culture, community, spirit, everything is super important here, but we need to get those people in and then we need to find a way to buy them in. So we're, we need to find a way to market sale and fulfill. And all the other stuff, all the other processes, the systems we use, like how to get better at them, they will all come when you've reached the next level. Once you've reached that level, we can scale it up a bit. Because, you know, we don't know everything and we're still mentoring people, but we're still spending, you know, 10 to 30 a year yeah, to learn more yeah. uh, so that we can pass that information on. And, you look at it from a, a legit source. You know, if I'm telling someone about Facebook ads, you can guarantee that I've spent hundreds of thousands, and I can tell you I've spent hundreds of thousands on Facebook ads in the last ten years. Um, so I know what I've spent money on wrong. I know that I, what I can improve on, and now I got the point where you've got that finite system where you account for every penny that comes into your business. Yeah. You know how much you make on the front end, the back end, what your numbers are. Yeah. yeah. Sorry for going off there on a, on a bit of a tangent. Absolutely, far away. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I see. Just as you were talking about, you know, people leaving and stuff. There, I see had a guy the same sort of thing. Um, he, but I think a lot of people leave thinking it's going to be easier to work for yourself. And he, he had kind of went off and, and said, "I'm going to go and buy my own van and do my own thing." And I said, "Look, that's fair enough, no problem." I was like, "Anything you need, just give us a shout. I'll help you out." He went and bought his van and he threw up a few ads, got a bit of work and then it dried up and there's no consistency. And that's kind of right in our industry. There's a, there's, there is a busy period and then there's just a slightly quieter period. But there also, you need to know how to price things properly. You need to know how to price your own time, right? You know, walking away after a full day of work with like 100 quid. And I was like, what about your diesel? What about your advertising? What about all that sort of stuff? And the next thing he was like, Jesus, maybe he's only made 40 quid for the day. So I kind of helped him to and from or, or to and from what he was doing and you know if there's a lot goes into it then the next thing is van broke down 400 pound bill as you need to account for all these things in your pricing you can't just go out and go at 20 pounds just to get a job you know when you're when you're at the very start you're doing the, the real small jobs it's like you can't you can't do that because you think you're making money because you've got the cash in your hand but then when you get hit with your first month of expenses or your first van breakdown you realize you're actually fucked <laughs> so um, and that, every every industry in this world needs a recurring income and the fucking best people in the world at this is Amazon Amazon are just unreal, Jeff Bezos is unreal even look at somebody like Disney now Disney have a product that will sell forever and now what they've done is they've capitalized on that, they've bought Fox they've put all that product into an online streaming service so if you want to watch Disney stuff and your kids are going to want to watch it and I'm watching Marvel and the ring else, I'm going to pay that recurring fee every single month to watch those films. And it's going to be a nominal amount that I don't even think about it. That's what Pure Gym do in my industry. It's, you know, it's a nominal amount. People don't turn up and they still get money every, every day. But as you say, if you're relying on sale 
to seal, paycheck to paycheck. At some point, you're going to run out of lives. And as you say, if you hit that period where it's quiet or he tries to replicate your model and your sales prices without all that backing, all that you know, authority, you build that confidence in knowing your product, what you sell, what you deliver, it's not, it's not going to match. Because you know why I had a client come to me and they're like, oh, do you know this other gym? And they told me the name of the gym. I was like, yes, I know it well because I actually mentor the actual owners of it. And they're like, they only charge X amount for like, what you do. And I was like, do they do what I do though? Well, yeah. And I was like, but do they? And to try to proceed to explain to me why, I was like, do you know what? Go and try. Right? I'll speak to the guys for you. Go and try it and tell me, do they do what I do? I'm not 100% confident that no one does what I do. Right? And the reason why it's the way that I package it, right? Nothing in fitness has changed in 20 years, right? There is no super magical move. There is no super magical food that is going to get you results. So what we do is we have to repackage it and rebrand it into something that is, you know, completely different. And the best marketers in the world do that. You know, there's a guy, Greg O'Gallaghan, um, his website is called Kino Body. I love him. Super cheesy. But the way that guy markets is phenomenal. Like I, I posted one of his videos on for our mentoring group. And it was pretty much, he, he had his avatar, he explained what his situation was. He says, you know, I was like you once. I was the dude that was turning up and doing cardio in the morning, training legs and, and upper body in the evening, eating six meals a day, you know, but I wasn't getting anywhere. I wasn't getting the results. I wasn't going out drinking. You know, I had a shit social life. And then what I started to do is I started to research, you know, how the old people, the old strong men, how, how they did it. And he's sitting there on a bench with a laptop and all these things are coming up and it looks class. And he's like, I've literally cracked the code to getting people results. I can almost guarantee that I can get you results with this program. Sold it. And I'm like, I'm sitting there going, fuck me, what has he found? Like, has he found the holy grail of products? And guess what? It was fucking intermittent fasting, training three times a week in the gym. But it's the way that he packaged it yeah, yeah. that made me want it. That made me go, oh, yeah. he has the secret, you know, the secret sauce. And people don't, if you don't know the market on the end of it, you don't know that front end, you know, it doesn't matter. if Because at the end of the day, if he's got a van and you've got a van, what separates you? The same way I say to my, you know, uh, mentees, you're a personal trainer, I'm a personal trainer. So tell me, like, why people would not want to train me. And they make up all the excuses. They're like, oh, well, you've got more experience than me. You know, no, 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 no. We both have the same fucking piece of paper. You both have uh, a piece of white band. A, it could be your product, what you sell, what, like, the aftercare program, the way you carry yourself. How you sell it. It's 100%. So like, there's nothing new out there. We're all selling the same fucking shit. It's just how we do it and how we yeah. look after people. It's, like I was saying earlier on, it, you know, that, that when I transitioned from just early rate to package work, it was completely different. You know, the things just changed like instantly. And it's not because not because we're doing anything different, not because we're 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 pricing ourselves out. It's how it's how I come up with a price and then beforehand you're going through, this is what we're delivering, this is what you get on the day, this is what you get beforehand, this is what you get after. Um now and again, if I'm feeling really generous. I'll, I'll throw in a few freebies, you know, a few boxes or whatever, um, just depending on, on who it is. But 
it's, it's how you lay it out and how you set the questions you ask beforehand. Is this what you need? Is this what, what's your budget? You need to come up with a package that you know is going to suit them. But you know, you need to walk away from it knowing that their, their problem, i.e. in my case, it's the stress is going to be taken care of. And one, if they walk away from that thinking it's a good deal and their stress is going to be taken care of, it's a no-brainer. Because most people yeah. just walk in and, and, and I'm not just talking about removals. I'm talking about, you know, you know, plumbers and painters and all sorts, you know, there, there's no follow-up. There's no, there's no thoughts about actual sales. There's no thought about follow-up. You know, they're just going in and going, they're just taking a quick look around going, I'll cost you 500 quid. And then they're going away and they don't even follow up with a customer the next day. They say, well, what did you think I'd go? Whereas mine's coming through in the system. It's getting sent to their email. They can accept it online. They're, having that structure for people is making my life a lot easier, but it's also making it easier for them. And what, even if it's going to cost a little bit more, if it's easier for them to do it and they know they're going to get a great service, they're, nine times out of ten, they're going to take it. 100%. Like your job is yeah, your job is to make like solve a problem or make something easier than it would actually be. Like I'll, I'll tell you a couple of DIY mishaps that I've had, right? I'm not great with DIY. I fucking hate painting. I hate doing DIY shit. You know, last year I decided, you know, why don't I dig up my garden and we'll level it off. That's about what I fucking know. Google a couple of things, get some sand, get some, you know, turf, level it off, get a whacker plate, do all this here shit. And then uh, my partner was like, oh, we should. I was like, I want to put there an absolute turf. Spoke to a guy, he knows what he's talking about. And he came to my house and I was just like, I, I leveled it off. I've got a whacker pater, I've done all this here. And he was like, okay, what are you looking to do? I was like, I don't know, I think I want to put absolute turf down. She wants to dig up, you know, and, or sorry, she wants to put down, you know, concrete slabs. And he just busted out laughing. I was like, why? Well, I said, what's did you spend on that turf and sand and everything else in the whacker pater? I said, but 150 quid. And he was like, dig it all up. I was like, why? He says, if you're putting down that, you need to dig this up. So, again, complete mishap. Same thing that happened with painting. Ah, you know, it's bank holiday weekend. I'll paint. Fuck, I'm not paying away. I'll paint. A day in, two days in, the bank holiday's over. You haven't enjoyed it. You're like, fuck me. I have to go back to work here. I have fucked that yet. I'm just going to pay somebody. So, paid someone to do it. Right? The garden looked fucking phenomenal. Like, I'm glad I did it, you know, because now I can go out there and train on, you know, beautiful astroturf, railway sleepers, nice trellises, fucking plants everywhere. It looks like fucking amazing, right? Uh, and got someone in to paint the house. It saves you time and money. In the long term, it saves you money. You yeah, know, like, it cost me upfront, but in the long term, it saved me hassle. And that's what people are going to buy. And yeah. And just as you said, is, is, is highly valued now because of what you do. And, you know, the amount of time you spend trying to figure out, is that the right gloss? Is that the right man? Because I don't have a clue either. My brother's a painter and I don't, have, I don't have a clue. Same with gardening. Done a little bit of landscaping out in Australia a few years ago. Would, you know, the, the amount of time you spend on YouTube trying to go, right, doing this and doing that and then digging it up and that looks shit. And you go, fuck, I have to take it back out again. Yeah. Like, the amount of time you spend compared to how much it's going to cost. It might cost you a little bit extra, but they're going to save 10 hours a time, and that's how I would view it. Because yeah, that's, that's the only currency in this world that you cannot buy back. It's time. You know, and you can have all the money in the world, but you can't buy 10. Same, same quote that Steve Jobs had put out about, you know, he had all the money in the world, but it doesn't buy him, you know, yeah. non-cancer free. I sold on the deathbed, what are the value more? You know, 100%. But, so, Jesus, we've been talking for over an hour. So, I'm going to start, finish this off with a quick, um, 
there's 15% of people that actually stay and listen to the end of a podcast. So what do you want to say to those 15% who have sat and listened to us talk shit? <laughs> good shit though. It's been good shit. It's been really, really good stuff. Yeah, I've done webinars. I've done things where I've talked for an hour, two hours, three hours. And it pretty much comes down to the content and what you want to get from the actual podcast. If you know exactly that if you want from this podcast based on what we've been talking about is somewhere that knows where to to start in terms of your business, what matters, what's important, and where you want to go, then obviously, you know, this is something you need to listen to. Um, and again, you know, people listen to the most random stuff. You know, I'll sit and listen to, you know, podcasts on people's death, or I love Joe Rogan because he just has a wide diversity of people on. Yeah. I sat and listened to him and Mel Gibson talking about stem cells once, and then, you know, I may watch his MMA one, or I may watch, you know, the coronavirus one. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's pretty much think of anything you do, it has to serve your time. The same way in my industry, if I put any content out, I need to think of why am I putting this content out? Who is it going to serve? Is it going to benefit my business? And does it move the prospect further towards making an action or decision towards my business? So, yeah, and if this helps someone or someone needs help in terms of fitness or wants to become a personal trainer or learn how to run a business, you know, we don't just help personal trainers. We're actually, actually helping a, a client uh, of ours who's actually a wedding planner about how to improve their business. We've helped various hotels in terms of how to improve their marketing and you know where the holes in their business are. And that all comes from us investing shit tons of money in other other yeah. industries. And you know, money's universal across the board in any industry. Yeah. No problem. And I'll put a link to all your stuff, you know, all your pages, Elite uh, Fitness, I'll put it to Hybrid, I'll put yep. it to Hybrid. socials underneath all the, the, the podcast and YouTube. But uh, look, thank you very much for coming on. Uh, great conversation. I don't even know where that time went, but I learned a lot uh, <laughs> as well, just about, you know, how, how well you know your numbers and your business and how well you know how your market leads. It was really, really helpful even for me. So uh, if you want any further more stuff on that, I recommend a guy called Dan Fleshman. Um, uh, listen to him speak there uh, a while back. And he has spent, last year, he spent 60 million. I was at the High Status Summit there in, in LA in January. He spoke out, he said, he spent 60 million a year on influencers, social media influencers. He spent 8 to 12 million on the Kardashians. He pays uh, makeup artists the most amount of money than fitness influencers and so forth. But, uh, in his talk, he just spoke solely about numbers. And he was the youngest ever CEO of a public, public trading company at 24 years of age. The guy is numbers driven. Like, and if you listen to him, so down the earth and technical that you're just missing a trick if you're not doing the stuff that he's telling you to do. Yeah, yeah. Well, Dan Fleshman, or Fleshman, do you call it? Dan Fleshman, yeah. So it'd be like F-L-E-Y-C-H-R-S-H-M-A-N. Brilliant. Okay, I'll have to get a list of those books off you as well. Cool, no worries, bud. Yeah, have a good one. Thanks. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Get Thinking Podcast, and I will be back very soon.